afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. From the Royal York Hotel in downtown Toronto, welcome to the Empire Club of Canada. For those of you just joining us through our, either our webcast or our podcast, welcome to the meeting. Before our distinguished speaker is introduced today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our head table guests. I would ask each guest to rise for a brief moment and be seated as your name is called, and I ask the audience to refrain from applause until everyone's been introduced. Our first guest is Mr. Mayo Schmidt, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hydro One. Mr. Faisal Kazi, President and Chief Executive Officer of Siemens Canada. The Honorable Glenn Thibault, Minister of Energy. Mr. Kirk Morrison, Executive Director, Energy Resources, Stantec. Ms. M.J. Perry, Ph.D. student, theology, owner, Mr. Discount Limited, and director of the Empire Club of Canada. Mr. Peter Langahan, President, EPCON, and co-chief executive officer, Columbus Utility Services. Mr. Jeff Lyash, President and chief executive officer, Ontario Power Generation. Mr. Michael Cobzar, director, energy management, Siemens Canada, and a director of the Empire Club of Canada. Mr. Anthony Haynes, President and Chief Executive Officer, Toronto Hydro. And I am Barbara Jessen, the President of Jessen and Company Communications and the President of the Empire Club of Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, your head table guests. We have a number of special guests uh, to be recognized from the podium. Of course, I've already alluded to the fact that the Honorable Glenn Thibault, Minister of Energy, is with us. Thank you, sir. Chief Ava Hill of Six Nations of the Grand River is here. Thank you for joining us. And Chief, Chief Stacy Laforme, Mississauga of New Credit First Nations. Thank you all for being with us. <clears throat> Humanity has a deep and primordial relationship with heat and energy. There are many who believe that the control of fire as a source of warmth and a method of cooking food marked a turning point in the human ev evolution. For ancient people, a central fire became over time a place to gather and socialize. It also became a place of ceremony. And over millennia, the hearth evolved as a symbol of the home itself. So our relationship to energy runs deep in the human psyche. It plays an intimate role in family life, and I think in part at least it explains why our modern relationship to our energy providers can be so complex. Modern, modern energy companies such as Hydro One stand at the very nexus connecting our deepest past and our way into the future. It has become one of our modern myths that the Intercontinental Railway was a major force for Canadian nation building in the late 19th century. In this province, I think hydro, Ontario Hydro played a similar role, propelling our industrial economy in the 20th century. Toward the end of the 19th century, Ontario began the shift toward greater industrialization, made possible through an accessible source of inexpensive power, and it made us the powerhouse we are today. Here to introduce our guest speaker who will share with us the future of Hydro One is Mr. Faisal Kazi, President and Chief Executive Officer of Siemens of Canada. So thank you, Barbara. So the electrical energy sector around the globe 
uh, is going through a transformation which is basically induced by the integration of the renewable energy sources into the grid. So basically we are changing the model from a unidirectional uh, flow of energy, centralized generation, to a model where the energy generation is distributed and the energy flow is multidirectional. So this in Germany, we call it this introduction of the renewable sources and the change in the, in the model of the grid as the energy vende or the energy transition. So my company Siemens, being a German global company, we have participated in all energy transition projects around the world, and especially the one uh, in Germany. And one thing we could say clearly, it's a great thing to do because it makes the energy sector green, and not only for us, for our generations, but for the generations to come. On the other hand, based on our first-hand experiences of energy transition projects around the world, we also see that these projects bring with them a lot of challenges. The first one being balancing demand and supply of energy. And this is because the renewable energy sources which are induced into the system are inherently not as reliable as the conventional energy sources which we have been used to, like nuclear, hydro, and coal. Secondly, there is an issue and there is a challenge in managing peak demand. Uh, we all know peak power is expensive, and we, living in Ontario, we all heard about the global adjustment. But the bigger challenge uh, which I feel and which we have seen is about ensuring the resiliency, the availability, and the reliability of the grid, considering that the grid which we have today was not designed to, to have distributed energy generation and for sure not designed to have multi-direction flow of energy. Secondly, the grid which we have today, especially in North America, is a very aging grid. It needs to be upgraded, especially on the distribution side. And then finally, we, on to, to top that, we have seen over the last five to six years that the weather-related events like hurricane, etc., the frequency is tremendously increasing. So these are all challenges uh, which the industry, the electrical and energy industry need to, to manage, and especially the utilities. And the utility of the future needs to become more agile. It has to have new business models, introduce new technologies, etc. So today it's my, my pleasure and honor to introduce the president and CEO of Hydro One, Mayo Schmidt. Uh, and he is going to talk about how he is transforming this utility into the utility of the future. So Mayo joined Hydro One in 2015 as president and CEO, and he has already demonstrated a clear vision uh, of growth and opportunity for his company. Uh, under his leadership, he has transformed, within this short period of time, purely public-owned utility into one of the leading industrial uh, investor-owned utility in North America. So that's a, a big, big step and a, and a high speed for uh, to doing that, to doing this. So prior to joining Hydro One, uh, Mayo was the president and CEO of Viterra Inc. It's a global leader in food ingredients and trading and processing company. There also. Uh, Mayo grew this company to become a truly global leader with operations in 14 countries and I understand a, 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 a supply chain in more than 50 countries and this company was originally from, Western Alberta, from, from west of Canada in Alberta and now it's a, true, a truly market leader. 
Last year, also the Ontario Energy Association named him the Energy Leader of the Year. So Meyer is a graduate from Washburn University, where he holds his BBA degree and an honorary doctorate of commerce. Mayo sits on Agrium's board of directors and chairs the governance committee and is a member of Harvard private and public scientific, academic, and consumer food policy group, as well as Washburn University's found foundation board, board of trustees. So before uh, you helping me joining, uh, welcoming Mayo on the stage, uh, I would like to show you a small video clip which Mayo has brought with himself. And this uh, shows the, the history of Hydro One, but also showcases the future direction of his company. So I, I would suggest we go with the video. Impossible lives here. And here. And here. But so do we. We were born from the impossible, bringing the thunderous power of Niagara Falls to the people, for the people. For the people, we are the light in the dark, the answer in the storm, the pulse energizing communities far and wide. We bring the best of us. What is safe? Optimistic. Empowered. What stands for people and wins as one. For our customers. For each other. And all that can be. best of us is in all of us. So possibility will always live here. And here. And here. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me to welcome Meyer Schmidt, President and CEO of Hydro One. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. What a pleasure it is to be here, and thanks for enjoying the purpose film, the possibility with Hydro One, whose employees got together and put this video together so you know where their hearts and minds are. And it's really a pleasure to be here with you today. And as I look at Sir Adam Beck, the founder of Hydro One, and I think about his comment, is nothing is too visionary. He was talking about harnessing that power of the mighty Niagara River and bringing affordable power to the population, homes and businesses across this great province. And he also recommended the establishment of a publicly owned distribution system 
The, the province established the Hydroelectric Commission of Ontario in 1906, and they began delivering power to this province and towns in October of 1910. Now, when we think about World War I, about 59,000 customers were connected to our grid. Today, that number is over 13 million people in this province, which is twice the size of Spain. We're seeing a rebirth of technology and will accelerate energy delivery into the new century. And Hydro One has an intention to remain at the forefront of that movement. We're going to continue with Beck's passion and hold that vision for the future to innovate and to modernize the system and grid, which we have a great responsibility for, and with the same communities with the heart and the vision that uh, Sir Adam Beck did. You think about Hydro One, we power Saturday games and Sunday dinners, the corner grocery store and the CNN Tower, the power places where we heal, the hospitals, places of worship, and arenas and stadiums where we play. We also think about the dreams that are born and the leaders that are made from the availability of power. So today we see Hydro One is not only built to last, but built to change. The Hydro One of today aspires to be a more thoughtful, more caring, more committed to customer organization. We're the fourth largest IPO now in Canadian history and a company that remains committed to and in the hands of the people of this province. When Hydro One became publicly traded, some said it wouldn't work, but it has, and there is a remarkable story to tell. Privatization has made it possible for us to enact powerful changes at Hydro One, changes that have made an even bigger goal possible, and that's becoming a leading utility in North America. In the last two years, as an organization, we've taken great strides in doing just that. We've built a new leadership team, defined by experience, diversity, talent, and a deep personal desire to serve the people. A team that has established a discipline and a focus and a determination to stretch beyond the traditional boundaries of our history while respecting our heritage. Some of the teams are here today. If I might, I'd like to ask the team if you would please stand for just a moment to share the, 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 the arena with uh, the guests, please. This is Hydro One. Many of the members that I have to thank for such a great video that uh, I think uh, suggests the personality and the traits of this fine organization as we intend to be and the person we intend to be going forward. Now at the end of each of our wires, there's a person. Could be a student, pulling an all-nighter before a big exam, could be a parent teaching their child to skate, could be a business owner that's servicing customers. For us, being customer-focused is more than about rhetoric. It's all about action and advocacy, and it's woven into the things that we do and the, the team that we aspire to be. And we're just getting started, and I can tell you I'm very proud to be part of this transformation of this organization. Now, I arrived in Toronto in the fall of 2015 after accepting the current role at Hydro One. And I knew that, historically, Hydro One had been perceived as a challenging place to do business. And as a result, expected less than a warm welcome. Now, I can say it's been anything but that. And I think that about the level of collaboration of my peers and staff has been extraordinary. 
And even today here in this hall, I'd like to just mention a couple of those individuals. And I think about the level of collaboration and the integration of the system. And I think about Jeff Lyash, who's the Chief Executive Officer and President of Ontario Power Generators, responsible for a fleet of 116 power plants in our nuclear fleet. And I think about Anthony Haynes, the CEO of Toronto Hydro, who immediately reached out to myself and said, we welcome you to the community and introduce you to the Energy Network. And I don't think there can be three individuals that are more interconnected than the three of us, considering that our wires run into the nuclear power plant and run right into Anthony's backyard as he powers the city of Toronto. And the responsibilities that come with that and the work, the collaboration, and the effort we've come together with on cybersecurity, innovation, and many, many other facets that are going to be important as we determine how our organizations prepare for our future collectively together, representing this great province, which I note is also the financial center of Canada. And that's a great responsibility that we share together, and we work on these things collaboratively. Now together, along with our industry counterparts, the local distribution companies, regulators, policymakers, our indigenous leaders that are here with us today, the unions, the generators, the contractors, and the suppliers, we can champion positive change. And I think we can find unique ways to create value for the communities in which we live. And I want to thank you all, particularly as I think about Jeff and Anthony and others in the room that have welcomed myself into the community. Now let me look back a little bit in time, a time with, by Tara that was mentioned earlier, known as Saskatchewan Wheat Pool, and many people that have grown up in Canada would know about the prairie pools that settled the, settled the western uh, prairies. I went to Viterra at a time when it was broken financially, broken operationally, and broken in spirit. Many of my peers and mentors knew the circumstances and said, Mayo, why would you consider leaving General Mills where you've got a good career going and you have a ter terrific opportunity here? So I had to reflect on this question deeply. And then I thought about my belief since I was a little guy about leading a unique and exciting life. has always been in my heart. And I knew it was important to act on that belief and continue to contribute in a meaningful way in any opportunity. And certainly I've always been drawn to hard tasks, and that's probably why as I think about training and some of my friends in the room, and uh, competing in some extreme sports. 14 uh, Ironman triathlons later, 100-mile cycling races, and uh, crossing Africa off-road on a motorcycle. And of course, I might mention raising my two daughters. My daughters will remember a time living in Regina, restructuring Saskatchewan Wheat Pool. It felt like we did it together because they were always there with me. Often after school in my office, and dinners at night, and dinners even with the global CEOs that came to have conversations with us that accommodated them to spend time with us in the evenings. And at home when I helped with their homework and certainly made their meals. But raising two daughters while restructuring a historic and heritage company was no easy task but certainly the results and the benefits of it have been tremendous. And I'm certainly proud of the daughters and the people my, people my daughters have become. They too are driven by the hard task and incredibly business-minded, while also understanding the importance of putting people first. They believe in service, hard work, and family. In fact, one of them happens to be in the room with me today. I acknowledge my daughter Greer, right over here.
Many of you know another gentleman named Ed Clark, former CEO of TD Bank. During the darkest days in the fires of restructuring of Saskatchewan Wheat Pool, Ed was an individual, a leader that stood by us in a time and allowed us the time as one of our lead banks to restructure, to rebuild an operational powerhouse in a market-leading dominant position in multiple countries, including a 50% market share in Canada. Interesting story, following a financial successful restructuring in the year 2005 and a most effective consolidation of the Canadian agriculture and food ingredients market in 2006, Ed invited me over for lunch. And he said, Mayo, he said, I'm providing you with our full support to continue to grow your business. You and your team have done everything you said you would do through years of financial restructuring, even when hampered by years of drought. Now go build Viterra to become a great Canadian company. Ed was a remarkable strategist and has also been the architect behind the bold and brilliant move to lead Hydro One's 2015 IPO and the opportunity to unlock the full potential of one of Canada's oldest and historic companies. In his wisdom, Ed designed a governance agreement to position the company for future success, an agreement that states the province will be a shareholder and a manager of the business. And by the leadership of our Minister of Energy has been an outstanding leader in that way, has been very strong in, in, in support of the organization to find its commercial footing and to do the things necessary to rebuild the enterprise to the position of strength. The sale of Hydro One also unlocks $9 billion of infrastructure capital for this province. It allows the province to build new industries while public owner largely remains in the hands of the public in Ontario. Now, when I started at Hydro One two years ago, one of our first initiatives was to advocate with the government for rate relief on behalf of our customers. The result was the Fair Hydro Plan. Legislation has seen electricity bills reduced for the average Hydro One customer by 31%. That's savings of about $600 per household over the course of a year. And if you look at our five-year distribution rate filing, that equates to $3,000 over that five years for our customers. To our customers, that is a real impact. As well, at the time, I wrote a letter to our customers introducing myself to them, talked about our vision for the future and the impact our commitments would have on each of our customers. My intention was to build connections with the people that we serve who depend on us for power and to show them we're not the same Hydro One they had experienced in the past. Then the team and I arrived at the call center very early one morning. We took to the phones. We were there for 12 hours and we had invited all of our customers to dial in and speak directly with us. We took hundreds of calls. The calls were heartwarming, and they were heartbreaking. From new lives started in new homes to citizens of all ages experiencing financial distress from rising costs from all aspects of their lives. After the call center day, we began to receive feedback from our customers. Some was positive, some was negative, and some was neutral, but it was all feedback. One letter that I keep on my desk today and it reflect on often, 
and it certainly pulls on my heartstrings because it reminds me of exactly why we're in business and the purpose that we as an organization and as people serve. I'd received a handwritten letter from Mrs. Kale. Mrs. Kale is an 89-year-old woman who lives alone on a very modest fixed income. In her letter, she shared that with the cost reductions that would now be available, she could do more baking. And she told me in her writing that her specialty was butter tarts. I sent her back a handwritten note and thanked her for her letter. But before I sent the note back, I also called my 85-year-old mother to get her butter tart ingredients. <laughs> Next, with a bag of baking ingredients, we paid Mrs. Kale a visit in her community. Mrs. Kale is a very tiny, very energetic woman who lives in a tidy little house that smells of strong vanilla. <laughs> After our visit, Mrs. Kale sent us a thank you note for the supplies. This time, she also sent us butter tarts. They were amazing, and they went very quickly. The butter tarts arrived in Tupperware containers. As you could imagine, picture with me, mismatched lids that she's probably had since the 60s. She then politely asked our team that after we enjoyed her butter tarts, could we please return her containers? <laughs> of course, the team pulled together very quickly in the office, and said, of course, at the end of uh, the, 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 the mismatch meant that then we then went out and procured quite a number of new Tupperware containers to provide to Mrs. Kale. But at the end of every wire, there is a Mrs. Kale that counts on us to deliver electricity seven days a week, 365 days a year. And certainly, we are not naive about the challenges that we face today. We know the relationship between Hydro One and its customers has been strained in the past, and we're certainly determined to better serve our customers now and in the future. And we believe this can only be done through meaningful action and advocacy. We have the power in our hands to make life easier, better, healthier, more efficient, and more enjoyable. We can make things run and we can help ideas grow. And we're driven to align our commercial success with customer success. The winter of my arrival to Ontario, the first challenge that I was faced with was understanding the hardship some of our customers were facing on paying hydro bills. I learned there were tens of thousands of disconnections in this province each year. A family without power, without service, no doubt faces many challenges. We realize that we have the power and the responsibility to turn on the lights, not just turn them off. And we decided to do just that. We reached out to everyone in our system that had no electricity. By phone, by letter. We could not reach some customers. We went and sent our team to knock on their doors. That was the beginning of our winter relief program. When we reconnected their power, our teams also work with the families to set up manageable payment plans that fit within their budgets. As a result, our customer accounts, overdue greater than 90 days, declined by 15%. Disconnection volumes down by 68%. And our accounts receivable declined year over year by 25%, 
to the lowest level in our history. This is where social responsibility meets the positive economics of running a business. The impact of the winter relief program reaches far beyond the bottom line. We improved goodwill with our customers and shifted the public perception about Hydro One to a degree. And I can tell you without reservation, turning the power back on for every family in need has such a significant personal and professional impact on my life as well as the lives of our teams that were responsible to, in fact, turn that power back on. Just last month, a full month after establishing the Winter Relief Program, the Ontario Energy Board announced that all energy companies in this province would be mandated to follow Hydro One's lead and reconnect the power for vulnerable individuals and families this winter. We are all connected. These initiatives have an impact on all of us in the province, and I wish to thank all of my industry counterparts for their standing behind these necessary policy changes. Now, we've met with our customers, our shareholders, our key policymakers, influencers, and our indigenous communities. We do share the belief that the building and maintaining positive and mutually beneficial relationships, along with partners with our First Nations community, is not just a matter of good business, it's the right thing to do. We also believe that by listening to our customers and acting on their needs with flexibility and consideration will take us further. We've empowered our employees, all our employees, to build those relationships. Together, we must make the impossible possible, not just for the customer, but for Hydro One, for the province, and for Canada. And the story, like Hydro One, continues to grow. This past July, we marked a major milestone in the journey to become a leading utility in North America. On July 19th in 2017, Hydro One and Avista jointly announced a transaction where Hydro One will acquire Avista in a $6.7 billion all-cash transaction, a historical transaction for both companies. Avista is a market leader in the Pacific Northwest of the United States with operations in five western states now for 129 years. They are known for innovation, their dominant market position, and leadership in customer advocacy. In fact, their community contributions are more than double that of any peers in the industry, and so are its successes. The transaction has been well received from the market and the rating agencies. We use the Canadian bought deal subscription receipt program, and in less than 24 hours, we raised $1.5 billion, which was more than two times oversubscribed. Standard & Poor's reviewed in detail our financial position relating to the transaction, our financing plan, our approach. They confirmed an A category rating following the transaction. This deal together with two, bringing two leading industry regulated utilities with over 230 years of collective operational experience together to form a diversified North American utility leader with a considerable enterprise value. With this deal, we've established one of North America's top 20 regulated utilities with assets of approximately $34.5 billion. 
Together, we intend to deliver long-term value and become a leader in the regulated electricity transmission and distribution businesses, as well now as gas distribution and renewable generation businesses. And I can't stress enough, customer rates will not be impacted by any cost associated with this transaction. Avista, being pursued by many Canadian and U.S. parties, had many choices. They chose Hydro One. Hydro One has made a dramatic change in the way we approach and operate our businesses. Avista also did their research. They researched Hydro One. They looked at our Canadian Ontario peers and their history. They looked at the ethos and the fit of their historic company with the Ontario companies. Many of those companies are here in the room today, as I've mentioned. Avista shared our commitment to our communities and is aligned with our balance between commercial business and social responsibility. They saw value in sharing our collective interest in innovation. The combined entity of Hydro One and Avista will serve more than 2 million retail and industrial customers and hold assets throughout North America, Pacific Northwest, which will include Ontario, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Alaska. Put simply, this acquisition is a strategic positioning of Hydro One in a growing region that's ready for consolidation, creating a diversified American market influencer, which we believe is a bold step beyond our traditional borders. When we say turn on the power of possibility, it represents a shared commitment to building for the future. As organizations, we have opened the door for all Ontario utilities to join together in our efforts. We believe together we're stronger. We are the collective future of power in this province. Together we're able to compete with U.S. market leaders for service and market share while at home work to reduce energy poverty and to bring every one of us into the light. Our plans for the new Hydro One is bold and achievable and we have the skilled teams on board to accomplish these objectives. As we move forward with our four strategic priorities and their clear customer focus, operational excellence, innovation, and growth. This is an exciting time for Canadian utilities. It is a time that will redefine who we are and what we can accomplish together. And as with much of life, windows of opportunity open and they close. And I believe after deep thought and analysis, due diligence and planning, that we must act on those beliefs. The utility sector in North America is consolidating at a rapid rate, unseen before in the history of this industry. Industry leaders of today will become the consolidators of tomorrow. As consolidation continues at this rapid pace, we expect to see $100 billion enterprise value organizations competing in our sector in the coming years. We expect to see unique future growth opportunities to create scale, diversity, and strength. Today at home, we have much work to do, seeking greater collaboration between policymakers, generators, regulators, distributors, and transmitters, seeking common ground. We must seek to lead through continued modernization 
of both the regulated system, customer service, and commercial practices. This is why the only way we see in ensuring sustainable value creation is with our customers, with our shareholders, and with the province as allies because we're stronger. I believe that the value creation in this opportunity is beyond compelling. We do power the future together, and we follow Adam Beck's quest, nothing is too visionary. This is a new era at Hydro One and for us together, and is really only the beginning. And with myself, my colleagues in the industry, we believe the best is yet to come. I thank you for your time today and your attention. It's been remarkable spending this afternoon with you. Thank you. I'd like to ask my fellow director of the Empire Club of Canada, Michael Cobzar, to thank our esteemed speaker. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. So I, I'm sure for most of you, this is probably the first time you've heard and seen Mayo, and only now you are, uh, you're, you're putting together your first impressions. And I have to say, the very first time I met Mayo, I was really quite surprised at uh, what a warm calm, gentry person he was. And, and I suppose I was surprised because I knew this is a man who's taken a new role that has got an ocean of challenges. It's a large, complex organization. Uh, you've you got to manage your way uh, around the OEB and the IESO. You have shareholders now, 70-some-odd utilities that you need to supply power to. Um, lots of employees, labor unions, a, a million kilometers of wires, and, and I thought all these things would perhaps harden somebody, but, but no, he, uh, he manages with a very calm and steady hand, as you've, as you've seen today, which is obviously the mark of a very accomplished leader. There's a couple of things I, I heard in your talk that I, uh, as a turn of phrase, I wrote this down, excuse me for, re for reading it here, but it says, at the end of each of our wires is a person. And I thought that was a very profound and admirable way to look at the responsibilities that, that you inherited in this role. Uh, the other thing I love was uh, was your call center day. I mean, what an incredible demonstration of leadership to get on the phones and talk to your customers. Uh, I did find out through reading other biographies, it wasn't mentioned earlier, that uh, a little known fact about Mayo, that he was a football player. In fact, he was a Miami Dolphin for three years. So I have great difficulty actually imagining that from, from Mayo. But... <laughs> But on, be, uh, on behalf of the Empire Club of Canada and everybody here, thank you very much for your very insightful talk. Thank you. A sincere thank you to our generous sponsors, Siemens Canada, Stantec, and Columbus Utility for making this event possible. <clears throat> Without sponsors like these great companies, Empire Club lunches like this would not be possible. So thank you once again for your very generous support. We'd also like to thank media... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry about that. That cold that's been going around? Got me. We would like to thank MediaEvents.ca, Canada's online event space, for webcasting today's event for thousands of viewers around the world. 
Although our club's been around since 1903, we have moved into the 21st century and are active on social media. Please follow us on Twitter at Empire underscore Club and visit us online at www.empireclub.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Finally, please join us again soon at our next events, November 17th, that's tomorrow, with Dominic Barton, Global Managing Partner at McKinsey Com & Company at the Arcadian Court, and November 20th, with Rachel Notley, Premier of Alberta, at the Royal York Hotel. Thank you for your attendance today, and this meeting is now adjourned. Thank <laughs> you.